Good morning and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Peyton Harkins. First up, Alexander Vindman, a retired Army Lieutenant Colonel and former National Security Staffer, has alleged that Utah Senator Mike Lee and Representative Chris Stewart have blood on their hands because of the war in Ukraine. In an exclusive interview with the Salt Lake Tribune's Brian Schott, Vindman also accused Senator Lee and Congressman Stewart of jeopardizing national security through their support of former President Donald Trump. If Vindman's name sounds familiar but you can't place him, the former military official actually testified against Trump during the first impeachment trial in 2019. Vindman was on a call where the then-President Trump asked Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to investigate Joe Biden. You can check out that interview at sltrib.com. Next, investigative reporter Jessica Miller talks with Tribune editor Jeff Parrott about her reporting on Utah's teen treatment industry. Jessica Miller, thanks for joining the Daily Buzz. Um, for the last, it sounds like, year or more, you've done some reporting about teen treatment centers. You've got some stories out now, a new podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about what you've been working on? Yeah, so we've had a new podcast that has come out. It's called Sent Away. It's an investigative podcast from the Tribune, APM Reports, and KUER. And I've been working with a team of reporters this last year to really dig into the teen treatment industry in Utah and to examine the government's role in that. And what we found is, you know, the, the government has really failed to keep these kids safe when a lot of them are sent to Utah for help. And I think we're at three episodes out now. I know there's a story online at the Salt Lake Tribune's website now um, about new data with staff sexual misconduct at the teen treatment centers. Um, can you tell us what your analysis of that data found? Yeah, so to do this data analysis, we looked through hundreds of incident reports, basically flagged every time there was an allegation that a staff member acted sexually inappropriate with the child. And what we found uh, was in the three and a half year period we were looking at, we found 20 reports where this had happened or where this had reported being happened. And the records show that staff at 13 treatment centers in Utah during that time either resigned or were fired after allegations of sexual misconduct. Now, I hear sexual misconduct and I think of criminal charges. Is that always the case? No, it's kind of a mixed bag. There, there are times when staff members are charged with sexual misconduct um, or, or sex crimes in response to this. But a lot of the, the behaviors that we see outlined in these public records is not necessarily criminal, but it's definitely what um, these facilities and what the state has determined is inappropriate. Things like, you know, running your fingers through a, a kid's hair or you know, twisting their nipple or spanking their, their butt or something like as part of a game that still falls in the category of being uh, inappropriate in a sexual manner towards kids, but may not necessarily break the law. So then what happens to the teen treatment centers and kind of like, how are they regulated that way? So what we've seen in looking in these records is the treatment centers themselves aren't really ever at risk of losing their license or being disciplined after they report this staff sexual misconduct. Um, we looked at you know, all, all of these cases and what we found that state regulators really do take little action. Usually the staff member is fired or they quit, but the state itself isn't really getting into scrutinizing anything like hiring practices or how these facilities are training their workers or what preventative measures they're taking to prevent this kind of abuse from happening in facilities. And just real quick, um, in case folks have missed the first episode or two, who regulates teen treatment centers here in Utah? So in Utah, the regulatory body is called the Office of Licensing. It's housed within the Department of Human Services. So they're the ones that go in and you know inspect these places, make sure that they're safe, 
for kids and they kind of set up the rules and the the laws that these facilities have to follow. Got it. All right. So back to the sexual misconduct data and the analysis if you did. Did you find out why or did you talk to anyone why this happens at these places? Um, like at, why does sexual misconduct happen at the teen treatment centers? Yeah, I mean, that, that was the question that I had after looking at this data was why is this happening? And so I spoke with a professor who studies this and she said that there are a couple of reasons why we're seeing sexual misconduct happening so frequently in residential treatment. Um, a lot of times it's because these programs are by design so insular. The children have a hard time reaching out to their family and telling them something was wrong when they're sent away to another state for treatment. Um, also, there's uneven training, and you often have an inexperienced staff. Staff members are usually pretty young. They're 19, 20, in the early 20s. They're not much older than the kids. And so this expert told me that, um, you know, to prevent this, these facilities need to have really clear boundaries on what is appropriate behavior and what is not, and then make sure that it's being reported to the proper authorities when this misconduct does happen. So sent away has been great and heartbreaking. I've enjoyed the last two episodes, um, but I know you've got some reporting partners too that worked mm -hmm. on this project. Can you tell us a little bit about who they are? Yes, yeah. So the the reporting team is is me um, from the the Tribune. We have David Fox, who's a reporter at KUER, and then Curtis Gilbert and Will Kraft, who work at APM Reports. Um, KUER is our local radio station. APM Reports is a national news organization who does investigative reporting. And so we've spent the last year partnering together, and uh, you know, really using our resources to dig very deep into this industry and its history and how we got to where we are today where this industry is so large, but there, you know, it is, it has been um, plagued with abuse allegations in recent years. Jessica, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. You can check out Jessica's podcast called Sent Away on your favorite podcast app. The third episode dropped this morning. In coronavirus news, Utah health officials reported about 120 new cases a day over the weekend. That's well below the nearly 170 daily average from the last week. The state also reported six more COVID-19 caused deaths. If the longer days and sunny weather has you looking to get out of the house, there's a new bar and restaurant open in Salt Lake City, The Pearl. Utah Eats journalist Stephanie Russell reports that The Pearl, located near the Central Ninth Market, has a menu full of cuisines inspired by Vietnamese street food. And since it was the only recipient of a full liquor license at last month's DABC meeting, you can enjoy hard liquor, wine, and beer there too. And finally, the next story I'm going to talk about is actually my own. I spent the last several weeks with photographer Rick Eakin reporting on the aftermath of a deadly RV fire that broke out in Salt Lake City on December 29th. Three men, Stephen, Eric, and Tony, were inside the motorhome, seeking shelter after a winter storm blew into the capital. While trying to stay out of the cold, the men accidentally sparked a propane fire, and only Tony escaped. The activist I spoke with said Eric and Stephen's deaths are the worst-case repercussions of Utah not having enough shelter space for people experiencing homelessness. You can read more about that fire, the people it impacted, and how the state is trying to address the lack of shelter in Utah at sltrib.com. That's it for today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to The Daily Buzz and let your friends know about the podcast. You can tell your family, too. Thanks to the Salt Lake Tribune Sage Miller for editing today's show, and much love to Salt Lake City Band, the Pelicans, for our music. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow.